Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian, here this evening with the one, the only, Frank and Austin. Frank, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Brian. How are you? I'm doing dandy. Um, <laughs> I it's I don't remember. Did we, we didn't record last week, did we? It was our short week, or no, my short week. No. Um, life was chaotic at work. Was and still is chaotic at work um, for different reasons this week, but... I'm I'm happy to be on with you tonight, Frank. I really am. I am as well, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm not. Am I breaking up for you at the moment? Uh, no. There's a definite lag in the video situation that you got going on. So I don't know if you want to reset your Wi-Fi router while I talk to the people about what I'm drinking this evening. So um, I am starting off the evening with uh, a Pegasus City beer. Um, Pegasus City. Out of Dallas, Texas, the one, the only. Um, this beer is the Texacaner, Texaconer. I don't know. It's their black lager, which I'm a big fan of. So um, I haven't had it in a very long time. But I bought a six pack of it at uh, Total in Denton last week, and uh, I don't regret it. It's actually very, very tasty. Um, it's got a lot of, a lot of black patent malt or roasted malt. It's hmm, almost smoky, uh, like ashy. This beer is, uh, but very good. I will say, I don't know how old it is. Um, the date code that was on the, uh, six pack holder, I hope to God is not right. Uh, because it started with the first two digits were 18. So hoping that's not the case. Uh, there's very little carbonation in here, which makes for a an interesting uh, 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 a sip, but it is tasty nonetheless. Um, I can tell where they were headed with it. I've had this beer before, um, and it's uh, never disappointed. So um, I was kind of holding on while Frank reset his router. And uh, okay, Frank's got his internet situation sorted out, so... Uh, the reason uh, I'm drinking Pegasus City Texaconer or Texacaner Black Lager is in preparation for uh, this weekend. I'm actually uh, going to be on a beer podcast by uh, a man named Rob from the Internet. Talks about beer over on Twitter. Um, his podcast is Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer on uh, YouTube. Uh, so it's going to be a video podcast. You'll see this, uh, beautiful mug, uh, talking about Schwartz beer this weekend. Um, okay. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Schwartz or Schwartz? Schwartz beer. Okay. Cause I've heard some people say Schwartz before. Yeah. I mean, technically it's all going to be bastardized cause it's like Schwartz beer. Like, yeah, no, I know. I mean, everybody knows that, but. Oh yeah. Every, everybody. What's the acceptable English, like most common English bastardization. Schwartz beer. <laughs> Schwartz beer. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think of it like, uh, if you hear somebody in like, uh, somebody's last name could be Schwartz. And te- usually that's how we pronounce it is Schwartz. 
and we call it, it done. Difference is some people's Schwartz has a T in it. This one does not. So people, that's where you get the Schwarz beer, and that's anyway. We're going to be talking about Schwartz beer this weekend. I don't know when the podcast will be up, but I'll keep you all up to date as to when it launches. But trying to get that No Beer Left Behind uh, name out there for people to uh, recognize and, uh, you know, fucking know what's what. I saw you pour something in your Yeti cup. Before you say it, can I guess what it is? Uh, you'll probably guess right, but yeah, go ahead. Was it was it electric jellyfish? <laughs> yeah, it was. The wife bought this because she knows I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and she had $50 laying around, so she was like, you only get two four-packs. <laughs> no, she's got the one, but um, I, I did inform her that it's a little bit pricey for before but you know you i mean you already bought it so it's also like here's the deal celestial is it is not cheap <laughs> yeah sure but it's a much smaller production brewery i like, get it we've, t- we've had it we've had it before people off we've, we've we've talked about it before like i yeah. it hurts it hurts when you go in and you and you uh pick up any like hype style beer honestly from a brewery well, let me show you a hype style item that came in today. Oh God, here we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I uh, remember this, this is nil an... thing is oh yeah, yeah. change the shoe game. Okay. So, um, name and likeness and being able to sell it right is going to be huge for athletes, obviously. Right. But I believe. Well, I don't believe. I know. I bought the first. Name in likeness signed Jordan one uh, by Paige Beckers. Okay, uh, Utah or the Connecticut Husky. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to end up being the greatest. Well, she's already the greatest woman college basketball player we've ever seen, but um, probably going to end up being the greatest woman basketball player we've ever seen. And now that they can do name and likeness. I just think women basketball is going to be a lot bigger. Um, oh, for sure. So, I don't think I have gain. No. Do, okay. I need, do I just need to be closer? I think you just need to be closer. I think oh, that okay. room is really big for you. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, if you didn't catch it, she signed the Jordan 1, um, sent it to me. I bought it from her via Instagram. She sent it to me and then signed the shoe and signed the box, which was pretty cool. I mean, at, at worst... I just, you know, it's a cool story and unique item in the collection, um, which is always cool. Like, I just thought it was awesome. Like, she wanted well, to sell them, and I said, I buy them if you include a signature. And well, then, I thought it was cool that she sent you the video of her signing them, too. Yeah, that's, yeah, she did. That's sick. <clears throat> also, yeah, the listeners. I specifically listeners- requested that so that. I could authenticate it at some point. The listeners just heard me fix the audio problem that I was having with Frank's microphone. Okay, I uh, uh, I had I had your volume down on my computer. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> like an asshole That's a problem. But it is coming across much more clear with you that close to the microphone. So yeah. win win all around. So in any case, definitely uh, a cool item I got in. So that was. Um, I mean, I'm listen. I appreciate the shit out of athletes getting paid for their likeness and uh, and finally receiving some cut of the massive amounts of money they get thrown into college sports in particular. I'm all for it. Full stop. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm also getting very close to just pulling the trigger on those uh, custom Nikes that I uh, put together over on the Nike website. I'm, I mean, I, I'm having to talk myself off the ledge, you know, every every now and then. I'm just like, nah, you don't need shoes right now. You're fine. You're fine. I, am. I think they're I just shoes. Um, yeah. So, quick thing on the name and likeness thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that I, what I NIL really, stands for? Name in likeness? Name and likeness. Yeah. What does NIL stand for? Well, <clears throat> I think it's name in, in likeness, but it's like essentially you just get to sell your name and your likeness. I, I don't know what the I stands for. Um, name image likeness, I think is what it is. Name image likeness. Yeah. Yep. That's so you can exactly like sell your image for a video game. So in any case, um, Brian has his headphones down, so give it just a second. I want to make sure he can catch up here, what we're talking about. So for for the NIL contracts that these guys are signing at the moment, um, I, 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 don't, I don't think fans completely comprehend that NCAA sports just turned pro. Yep. I don't think they fully get it. Um, I don't think the NCAA, so I know the NCAA knows the impact that it is going to have this year, but I'm not sure they fully understand how easily you can now form a breakaway league. You can do your own thing with college sports. So OU and Texas jumping to the SEC, probably the best established conference in the country. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC becomes like a pro level of college athletics. Yeah. Because, I mean, the schools in the conference are all massive. Uh, if you think Texas is going to sit around and not shop their players with some of the best uh, marketing agencies in the world, you're kidding yourself. So coming to Texas means you're going to make two or three more million dollars than you will at Oklahoma State or uh, Kansas State or whatever. Uh, I, I truly, honestly, the, comp- the competitive landscape of college sports is not going to be the same. And I, it's for the better because the players get to be paid. But you're not going to see Cinderella stories. You're going to see a league that probably in any given year might have seven to ten teams year over year that can win it. And it's not going to be different teams like it might be some years there's a reason people are going to go to Texas now before, you know, you could justify going to Oklahoma or going to whatever. No, no, you're going to go to Texas because they have a shit ton of money. They have drew Rosenhaus as a marketing agency. Like you're talking about giving up millions at this point to go attend Oklahoma state and play football. It's essentially the same thing that led the university of Miami to prominence in the eighties where you had like literally a magnet for money Mm-hmm. And like it, they they just did a really good job of covering it in different ways. But like there's or SMU 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 did it in a more brazen way, and they got caught. But Miami had, I mean, the U. Like you, there are fucking full ass documentaries and legends based on those football teams in the late eighties. Yeah, they rented those kids' mansions to stay in on the weekends, and like you're you're you're, you're just talking about. A, a landscape where I don't see how, unless you're USC, you're Texas, you're Ohio State, you're Michigan, 
I don't see how any of these other teams can compete. And we should probably want those schools to go form their own league yep. because it's not going to be fun recruiting against Texas in Texas when they can offer these kids a couple hundred thousand dollar signing bonuses. Yep. Um, I mean, essentially I, you open it up to like a 25, a 20 to 25 team league uh, mm-hmm. based across the United States with those mega schools, USC, Oregon, uh, like whatever those big powerhouse schools are in each of the conferences, fuck it, let them join their own thing. And then, you know, like we can have our own double A type deal, you know, like I, you know, what would be dope, Frank relegation. And I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah, I agree with that as well. Like <laughs> if you have, if you have different levels, like, Hey, make it, make it a, you know, cost per, you know, a cost incentive to do well. And uh, like actually bring competition back. So you, if you finish in the bottom two, bottom three positions, you get sent down to the lower leagues and you call up the top two, top three positions in the league below. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's going to drastically impact the, the landscape of college sports for at the benefit of the players, which is the important part, right? right? Like, you'll now get paid in some capacity to play your sport and be good at it. Um, or you can just say compensated because that's the deal with, with current, you know, with the old system, you couldn't even be comp like compensated. With no, this, this transaction I did with Paige would have been illegal. Yep. She would have gotten in trouble. Could have gotten her entire amateur status revoked because of that. So I'm for it, but I think if you're a, a diehard alumni and only support a single school, you're going to maybe want to open up your mind to supporting one of the bigger schools as well. Mm-hmm. Cause the likelihood of your team competing 10 years down the line with these sorts of numbers being thrown around for starting quarterbacks that haven't even walked on the field yep. is not high. How about, um, a, how about a junior in high school who decides to leave his senior year so he can go to play at one of the major yeah. schools? Go to Michigan, right? Or Ohio yeah, State. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. He, he only did that because he saw the mo- the money that that uh, their incoming quarterback is getting. Yep. So nothing wrong with it, but I I don't think the fans quite fully understand what just happened. I don't think Oklahoma f- knows what happened. No. Uh, Oklahoma is not going to be as attractive as Texas. Like I, I think it's it's funny to me that the SEC is inviting Texas into their realm. Texas is going to fucking dominate. Like, you're in Austin, okay? Great college town. Mm-hmm. You can make, as a starting quarterback at Texas, I bet you that entry fee is $5 million. Just per year, just for that job, that's probably what you're going to pocket. I don't know of another school that can do that. I mean, Austin is a more expensive town to live in than a lot of other places in Texas. However, yeah. it is a hell of a lot cheaper than fucking any place in Florida. Most, you know, mm-hmm. most places in Florida, uh, goddamn, it's way more, way more attractive to anybody. Yeah, it's, like, we gonna fucking oh, where where's the University of Tennessee again? Where's the fucking out in the goddamn hills, Knoxville or something? The, the fucking hills of shithole tennessee fuck tennessee yeah what are you gonna go there no fuck off get me out of here i mean as soon as you visit the ut campus you would be an idiot not to go there like honestly even as a student it is such a magnificent campus 
they literally have everything. Their schools are ranked tops in everything. Everything's academically, within- athletically is all there. So, yeah. and they're going to pay me $5 million in endorsement deals to be here. I mean, come on. Tuscaloosa doesn't have the academics. No shit. Uh, Ohio State doesn't have the academics. Like, it's, it, 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 I just think you are going to, if you, if you were not a fan of Texas, you're going to be really, really disappointed at where UT is at in 10 years. That school is going to be a fucking monster. Do you think, how do you think they're going to handle this news from you in, in college station, Frank? Oh, they're, they're already pissed, dude. Like they, they're like, I can't believe the regents didn't talk to us. The fucking sec board didn't talk to us while (laughs) they were talking to UT. And I'm like, dude, you guys are a piss ant school in the middle of fucking like, between highway between places. Austin and Houston, <laughs> no one gives a shit about you, A and M, unless you're an A and M fan. It's funny because they just got Jimbo. They gave him a fucking shitload of money. Um, they will be competitive because their fan base is a cult, and as such, they will buy the jerseys to support endorsement deals and shit. Right, but they're not going to be UT. I mean, think about when 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 Vince Young was at UT. Vince Young would have left UT probably twenty to fifty million dollars richer, just based on Vince Young jersey sales, Vince Young signatures. Oh, oh yeah, Vince Young, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The man could have he he didn't even. I mean, th- think about they don't even have to pay for meals now. Yeah, right. Like it, it, it could just be an endorsement. Tonight's an endorsement meal on us. So you come to Austin. You're the fucking toast of the town. There's not a pro sports team here that's the major teams. Um, you have rabid UT fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck. I, I just, I, it's, it's fucking hilarious that all of these presidents are like, yeah, our, our league got more competitive. Brother, you are going to get steamrolled. I don't think you understand what a $40 billion uh, endowment fund does that now can get leveraged to get sponsorship for their athletes in every fucking sport. Yeah. If UT is not at the top of this uh, uh, sort of NCAA athletic spectrum in the next 10 years in all sports, I would be shocked. I would be absolutely stunned. It would be incompetence on the athletic director. They literally just got the golden goose handed to them. Yeah. I mean, they've, they already are, pretty prominent in what we consider like tertiary sports of like swimming, gymnastics, baseball, like the the perennial powerhouses in all those sports. I mean, they've had, they've had up and down years, especially in baseball, but like, dude, you start throwing that kind of money at talent that is not now not going to leave the state of Texas. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to throw the money on talent that is coming out of Southern California who can come to fucking Austin, Texas. Dude, I, it's, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. Did you see, you were talking about pro sports teams. Did you see that the Buffalo Bills were threatening to leave their, uh, their spot in Buffalo and uh, come to cities like, I don't know, let's say Austin, Texas. So I saw that and what, what, what gave me even less respect for the Buffalo Bills, which that that sports team is a fucking trailer trash uh uh whatever trailer park trash yard just waiting to implode on itself it it makes that stadium is from the 70s 
which is fine, but it has never been updated. No. Um, let alone maintained. Their fans jump through tables to start shit at 11 a.m. Uh, no, 12 p.m. 12 p.m. kickoffs. So they'll start jumping through tables right around 8 a.m. Um, it is it is a dumpster fire yep. of a of a. But they are loyal. Respect. They love their team. Respect. I have I have zero problems with the team. But what made me realize that the ownership might just be as dumb as the fan table jumper is when he mentioned moving to Austin as an option, as though Jerry Jones is going to allow another fucking team in Texas and the ownership group has to approve and Jerry Jones owns like 10 out of the 30 owners. Yeah, yeah good luck, bud. Uh, maybe if you're real serious with your threat, mention a city like, I don't know, Oklahoma City. Don't mention Austin, Texas. Like yeah. You have zero chance at having another NFL team in Texas until Jerry Jones sells the team or dies like there's uh, just even no then, chance steven's not gonna let that happen like <laughs> exactly i mean until that team is sold there's no way they will allow another team in texas there's no nope. way i mean austin generates so much money for the cowboys in just support jersey sales everything you park another team here you're just taking money from jerry at that point i mean the fact that houston lost a team and then gained one back within five years had to miracle been, yeah had to have been a pain in Jerry Jones' ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, finally, we got it to myself. This son of a bitch. They're back. Yep. Oh, man. It's very, very, um, I, I don't know. That's, that, that just made me realize that owner is is dumb. Like, just a dumbass. Oh, the Bills but, owner? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to threaten you with moving to Mars would have been more likely than <laughs> moving to fucking Austin, I like, Texas. I what think the fuck? They, they quoted him as saying so he, he mentioned several cities as a threat of where his team could move to. Austin is the only city that got fucking mentioned. I guess like Salt Lake City was they were t- there. He got tongue tied on that one. Uh, I don't know. Fucking. Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, was busy, and then <laughs> Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Des Moines uh, yeah. was—it's all fucked out right now. So, so the the Bills want to move from Buffalo, a shithole, to Salt Lake City, where they're not going to even allow be allowed to sell beer. Oh, I was just throwing out names in the city. Uh, no, I, I understand, but I mean, hey. in all likelihood, he mentioned cities like that. What if he mentioned Oakland? I'm sure. I mean, they've got the shit there to support it. They do. They do. Maybe Portland, Oregon. I don't know. Yeah, that's all. That's all just nutsoville. I there's no way that that Austin is ever going to get an NFL team, let alone an NBA team. There, oh, it, it, this town is owned by UT, and it will always be owned by UT. I don't. Anybody who takes a risk at bringing a pro franchise here is taking a serious risk. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how the the state of Texas supports three professional basketball teams. I really don't. Like the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Mavericks. I don't know how they all exist well, in one. In I one don't state. either. And they they actually have some prominent rivalries too. Like it's their fans don't they don't jump over. Um, <laughs> it's not like I mean, Texans fans. I'm pretty sure only live in Houston. I don't know. I don't know of it. I know of one Houston or a one Texans fan here in Dallas, and he moved from Houston like six years ago, something like that. Yeah. So the Tex the Texans reach in this state is not wide. 
Mm. Contrarians will also be Texans fans. Like if they've lived next to a Cowboys, like a diehard Cowboys fan in the nineties, uh, I, I see I, a few I, of those converting over to Texans yeah, fans. I, I, okay, you're just a fan of not Dallas. Not Dallas. Um, yeah, I mean, I was yeah. part of the anti OU fan club when I was growing up because there were so many dickheads in my school. I was like, well, fucking OU is terrible. Understandable. God, this is going to be the biggest consequence oh, of the yeah. SEC joining. OU and they're smack talking. Oh, it's fucking the only thing they're worse gonna than, get fucking wrecked. The only <laughs> thing worse than funny. OU smack talking. Well, there's two. Th- second is OU backtracking, explaining mansplaining why they lost. That's yep. number two worst thing. And then three is Alabama. Just the word fucking Alabama is is going yeah. to get on everyone's nerves. God, I still the last bowl game. Oklahoma State won. Well, not the last bowl game. Mm. But we did beat Bama the last time we played them. I think we were the last people to beat Bama in a bowl game. <laughs> I do believe like so. That. Yeah. <laughs> that was not, that's not that's not a the national title game. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, and that was uh every bit of fourteen years ago. <laughs> yep. So in any case, it'll be hilarious once this whole shit show gets down the road. There's gonna be a lot of these schools really regretting the fact that they let UT come into their conference because UT was going to do this anyways. Yeah. But UT could have done it as an independent and people would have just been like, okay, go form your own fucking super league. Um, it's really, it's going to hurt teams. Anybody not named Alabama, Georgia, US, Oklahoma. Oh, I don't even, I don't even know that Florida stands much of a chance. Like Oklahoma will be fine for a bit, but I don't think Oklahoma's going to hang in there for, for a lot longer. It's it's like USC, UCLA. Those are the schools that are going to fucking dominate this shit. Yeah. Going forward. <clears throat> I I mean, you know what? What a, what do you think will happen with like Ivy League schools or private that's, schools? Oh, that's the other side of things. I don't I think because they're so stuck on their academic standards, um, I don't think they're really going to try to leverage this much. Okay, but they could. I was going to say, like, you look at a school like Loyola. Holy fuck! Yeah. Holy fuck! Like, they already have decent basketball talent coming in. You imagine what good basketball talent they could bring in with I don't know fucking lawyer money. Well, <laughs> N- Northwestern is one of those schools yep. that, based on naming rights, you know, could, could make some money too. It, it, the landscape. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is. The powerhouses you see today, several of them will not be able to compete 10 years from now. Right. And it's not going to be based on not having fan bases. It's going to be based on not having prominence. What do you think is going to happen? Prominence is in like household name, no matter where you go. Right. uh, People know the players on the team. There are very few schools like that. And those are the teams that are going to make the players the most money. They're going to get the best players. You're not going to be able to compete against them. Period. What is this going to do to fucking television network coverage? Because here's the deal. Like, you have great talent. You get the primetime coverage on these major networks. Like, it's just going to be, like, every night, every Saturday night, who is Alabama playing? Who is Texas playing? Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be like, oh, what's on ABC? No one gives a fuck what's on ABC or who Notre Dame is playing. All of the sponsorship deals that these kids are signing they're also ad buyers yeah 
That's true. on the networks. So they're saying, hey, listen, my quarterback that I'm paying $2 million a year to to be in my Adidas commercials plays primetime every night on your network when he plays, or you don't get to run my ads. So yeah. like, this is pro sports. It's just going to turn into pro sports. And quite frankly, it should have been pro sports a long time ago because yeah. we were sitting around pretending as though these kids were not making the schools a bunch of money. They and, were earning an education. Yeah. Fuck and and unfortunately, um, now court ordered, you know, pro sports has come to NCAA uh, f- across the board. Yeah. And it's good for the players, but the schools, the NCAA had a long time to prepare for this. And they could have come up with a game plan. They could have evened out a playing field. They could have come up with a salary cap. Oh, that would have been, I don't know. That's going to be real interesting coming up. Because this is not, this, this, the way it is currently, uh, Oregon could, Oregon, <laughs> Texas, and Ohio State could buy every player in the country. Yeah. Is you, oh, oh, you, you, you think, you think Oregon is not going to get any Nike backing money? People, oh, no, 100%. No, Oregon like, will be fine. I mean, Oregon might be better off than USC and UCLA. Of, I think the only team that could compete with them is USC. Yeah. Because I think USC's Nike contract is well, as long as Oregon's. But, but I mean, Nike also can easily change that contract. Oh, for sure. But I mean, you really have to sit down and think what does it mean that a sponsor can endorse a player? on a college athletics team. And then what does that mean for everybody else's ability to compete? And the NCAA, because of their lazy assholes, have not set any rules in place to say, okay, NIL is legal, but you cannot spend more than X amount for your entire team or your entire program. So, you know, there's, there's some stuff you can do to experiment to keep fairness or, or competitiveness at mind. Right. The way that we're going into this now with no rules because they were fucking lazy, um, is going to set a precedent that (laughs) good luck, Kansas state, good luck, Iowa state, good luck, Oklahoma state, good luck, Texas tech, good luck, Oklahoma, even though they don't think so. Um, good luck, Baylor, good luck, A&M. I mean, you're talking in this state, in the state of Texas, it's UT. In the deep south, well, the south slash southern Midwest, it's probably Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. I don't. I don't even think Florida factors into that. Georgia's got so much money sitting in their alumni they do. association. But I, I don't think Clemson factors into it. Like I, Clemson's good now. I'd be surprised if they could keep up with it ten years from now. Auburn, same way. Auburn's the same way because Auburn's got a very, very concentrated fan base. Yep. So uh, now you go, you move up, up the coast. Who are you talking about there? I mean, UNC, Kentucky, North, oh, North Carolina would be say, good. North Carolina and Duke could be a real fucking problem. They, they will dominate basketball. Um, I mean, I, I would put money on it that they've been paying players this entire goddamn yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> just Not very, millions, though. Not millions. No. But, okay, so then you move a little bit further north. Anybody in the Boston area? If the Ivy Leagues compete, Boston could be a hub. I was going to say, 
Like, I don't know that the Ivy Leagues are going to go this far. But you could find a place like Dartmouth, which already has a, a decent fucking college uh, football program for the yeah. Ivy Leagues. Boston, Co- Boston College could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that entire Northeast corridor, probably you're talking about Ooh. Penn State and mm-hmm. Michigan. Rutgers, baby. <laughs> yeah, you probably Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. But, then you uh, move over. Nothing, nothing comes to mind until you get to probably. I mean, you're going to have schools like Nebraska, Missouri. Yeah, but they're they're going to think they are going. They're going to. They think they're going to be fine, but they're not going to be fine. No, because Lincoln sucks. Lincoln, Nebraska is fucking garbage. (laughs) Also, have you seen? Like, I don't. I don't think other fan bases comprehend the sheer revenue that UT makes on sports. Like. I mean, we, we can all pretend as though Oklahoma State makes some money on football. and No, no. UT carries the entire Big 12 by multiples. I mean, that's why the Big 12 network fucking, one, sank itself with tying itself to UT. But they did that because the fucking, the amount of viewership that anything UT gets is insane. And it's with that viewership world. comes an ass ton of money. Ass mm-hmm. ton. So it's it's funny because you want to okay. So competitiveness and revenue don't always align, and I think the Dallas Cowboys know that best of all. Uh-huh. Um, but the fans still show up. The fans still watch. The fans still are the dominant force. Um, it takes a very special combination of alumni loyalty, alumni money. Um, sport competitiveness sport interests like there's a lot of things that have to be aligned in order for viewership to come to fruition right like notre dame notre dame will be fine yeah um you're you're you are not talking about more than in my mind 15 schools in this country that should be in their own super conference playing their own fucking shit where all the five stars and four stars go because no one else will compete in what just happened because there's no rules and it's it's fine it's fine the players are getting paid but do not kid yourself if you're in the OU kind of level of of prominence you're not prominent enough the numbers speak for themselves speaking of prominence frank i have cracked open my another beer this evening i'm just going to play this we haven't done it in a while, so. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for a beer count. Listen to this track. Beers. So, um, I have cracked open my third beer of the evening. I had two Texacaners. Texacaner. Texa- I, I, I really got to figure out how to fucking pronounce that beer. Uh, they were both very, very good. Uh, with the lack of carbonation, which I described while you were gone fixing your internet problem, Frank, it is a problem that I can drink them very, very fast. So <laughs> that is <laughs> a downside. They're very tasty. Um, but I opened up something that I uh, found at my Walmart out here in middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, this look familiar, Frank? A little. Sorry, I'm trying to get the. No worries. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. old stout lager. Yeah, so they have all stout lager and Kolsch at my Walmart out in the country. So obviously, I picked up a six pack of that, and I'm enjoying the 
fuck out of it lately. It is so damn good. And we didn't even talk about, like, since we didn't cast last week, we didn't even talk about where we went together as friend did not. friend group. Before we get into that, did you, uh, do you have a beer count for us this evening? I did, yeah, I'm on my, well, I just finished my first one. It's the electric jellyfish. I'm not sure what I'm about to open, actually. I'm going to try to figure that out. I do want to just make an editorial correction on the fly. Mm. We kind of did shit on Texas A&M. Um, they are actually the second top grossing revenue school in the country for some fucking reason. Well, I think you described um, it because their fan base is a cult. Anyway, they are a cult. So th- to me, they'll always be fine, but I didn't quite realize that they bought this much shit. They um, do. I listen, those trailers are not going to decorate themselves. Okay. If it's not an OU flag being hung up, it's an ATM flag being hung up, which I am told by my producer, in my ear that that is uh, the Texas A&M flag. I don't understand why it says ATM, but we're there. We're there. But if you, if you want to understand how far back OU is in terms of revenue, their revenue is two-thirds of what Texas generates. It's 66% of what they... 66.66 repeating, obviously, of obviously. what of, Texas... Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of what Texas generates. So uh, People who at home who are thinking, well, they're not too far. They're far. That's far. That's a that long a massive, ways. massive gap. Hey, I mean, go, that's not... Go take 30% of your house and give it to your neighbor. Tell me how far, how much 30% is. It's a lot. Yeah, and then, I mean, and then you think about, right, what this revenue is based on the old world model, right? Oh, yeah, pre-getting pre so, paid model. We're talking about a non-competitive Texas team at the moment, a team that hasn't won a Big 12 title in football in Let's not bring it up. Years. Right. Yeah, since 2004. Right, so there's a lot of things here where you're like, holy shit, OU's having one of its best runs in a century, and there's still only 66% of Texas's revenue. So a competitive Texas, probably that number is more like 40 or 50%. Back when Bob Stoops was first coaching, he would have made 150% of what you thought about. <sighs> so editorial right. correction, but I am still telling you, and I'm sure Brian will agree, A&M's anybody who thinks Texas oh. is not going to dominate this shit are fucking kidding themselves. <laughs> I, listen, I, you know what kind of scares me about this, Frank? As we were talking about, I'm thinking about all these colleges that are like, I call them sleeper colleges. And, you know, the, the places that have like one or like one or three good years. You're just like, where the fuck are these? Like mm-hmm. University of Central Florida. You're like, where the fuck are these people coming from? Everybody's like, it's a coach. He's a good ass coach. And you're like, the fuck are they this year? Well, he had a bad recruiting class. Here's what's up. Those recruiting classes that they get where they have like one to three good years of like nationally competitive like football. I'm thinking football because that's kind of what I know. Mm-hmm. Typically, that doesn't just happen by chance. That's somebody coming in and like, hey, I'd like to make sure that we're good at fucking football this year. And what scares me about this whole NIL thing is that while you're correct in the 10 year assumption, Frank. My fear is that some fucking lottery-winning, Bitcoin-buying dipshit is going to come in and be like, Wisconsin Badger football is going to be the next biggest thing on this fucking planet. And they're just going to like pay 13, 20 people like, as, like the best recruits that they can find and just fucking rack up like one recruiting class for... So, I mean, Wisconsin, I guess, is kind of a low blow because they're an actual decent team sometimes. And, and, but like... But, 
You're the, also talking about a rabid fan base, right? Like, uh, yeah, Texas has not won anything since ben, Vince Young left. There's, they still blame Alabama for the hit on Colt McCoy in the national title game. Never they still happened. swear they would have. They still, they still swear they would have won that game if Colt didn't get hurt. So, you, you guys, the the amount of money that UT alumni make. The amount of positions of power those people sit in with hundreds of million dollars in their pocket. You think that some of these businesses in Austin call it, as it were, maybe the Benny Boyds of the world where, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson worked or whatever. Mm. Um, no, he worked at Big, big Red Sports, big red and, sports imports. and Imports. Yeah. You don't think those car dealerships are going to throw a couple million at a player with a couple cars if they're the starting quarterback at UT? In Austin, well, I mean, here's just to get that pushed through. I mean, it's, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, listen. Here's what's up, <laughs> loyal fans and nobody left behind. If you're familiar with uh, social media and social networks, go and follow a couple of big name recruits, like whether they're freshmen or they're seniors this year. Follow them on social media. Just watch how their life has changed will change and then just follow a few of these young pups uh fresh out of high school and just see what it's like when you hand an 18 year old a fucking half million dollar bentley because guess what motherfuckers <laughs> it's going to happen uh-huh. and it's not going to be a half million dollars worth of 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 write-off for whatever company does it it's gonna be cost and you know what that's a drop in the bucket to get a fucking giant name to play for your alumni, your 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 like uh, school of choice, and I'll just leave it at that. Because here's the deal: there's a lot of people who are going to support these teams and these players. I have no affiliation with a fucking university, none, and they don't have to now, which is what's going to be even scarier. Because there are some un- let's call them unsavory individuals who are out there who don't have the best in mind for uh, young pups. But they're going to pay them a fuck ton of money to come and play for their team. Yep. It's going to get real weird. Yeah, if, if, if anybody thinks you're going to be outbidding the University of Texas, alumni slash business affiliations slash really anything, um, you're kidding yourself. I, I, I honestly, like, people I, do not fully understand. The University of Texas has the fourth largest endowment for a college in the world. They haven't seen what's in my pants. They have the largest endowment for any public university Nothing. in the world. <laughs> that was good. But, um, so, yeah, I'll just I'll leave it at that. Like, <laughs> so you, proud of myself. OU is going to really not enjoy the Red River rivalry. Oh, no. It's going to get <laughs> real bad when fucking players arrive in helicopters. <laughs> Could <laughs> you fly from Austin here, to Dallas? And, and here's Vince Young's kid pulling in, and it's like a fucking stretched limousine with the Longhorns on the hood. And God, that would be incredible. Boss Hog, his old ass, he's dead. They resurrected him, so he drives the fucking convertible Cadillac. Hell yeah, yeah. Can we? Okay, can we give quick? Uh, okay, first, give me two seconds, and then I want to give some Olympic feedback. Okay. Well, okay. I thought we were gonna talk about our trip. We'll, we'll We're gonna quickly, talk. Yeah, so we'll start off with the trip, that. and then we'll lead into. Okay, it. so um, 
Frank and I uh, and the the collective misses Miss I, uh, Mrs. Frank and Mrs. Brian, we all uh, went on a little uh, friendcation uh, that we're wont to do uh, in the month of July uh, ahead of Mrs. Brian and Mrs. Brian's best friend uh, their birthdays, which are in August. But school starts back and teachers can't really take off in August. It's a whole thing. But a couple years ago, uh, loyal listeners might remember, we went to New Orleans and sweat sweated our asses off and saw people bathing in the Mississippi River while in New Orleans. It was a good time. Really, really a good time. This year, we decided, hey, we're going to, you know, we've been cooped up in a lockdown for the last 16 months. You know what? We're going to go... Uh, we're going to keep it in Texas. We're going to go to Fredericksburg, go a little wine country, and uh, just, you know, get wine drunk and have uh, have a good time. Well, we did. Uh, but on that trip, between wine stops, uh, your boys Frank and Brian stopped by and got a little uh, personal tour of Allstat Brewery outside of Fredericksburg, which you've heard us talk about Allstat on this podcast. Um came to prominence through Frank questioning their marketing abilities, which at the time were very questionable. Um, But then both uh, Frank and I tasted the product at about the same time. And we were like, holy shit, this is legit. This is fucking great. Uh, Both of us are fans of the lighter ABV beers. And Allstat specializes in classic German styles. So all very traditional, uh, true to German heritage, and not in the racist way, but in the sticking to the four ingredients, water, malt, yeast, and hops. Um, very, very, very fucking good beers. Their facility, when I tell you Allstadt's facility is the only thing better than their fucking product, like, I, 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 and when I'm talking facility, I'm not talking the fucking parking lot and the views. Fuck all that. Their production. I mean, the parking lot is pretty tits deluxe. It is pretty nice. They had cones out and fucking fresh black mm-hmm. top, and it didn't smell, it didn't stick. It was nice. No. It's like someone spray, sprays it down once a week or something. I think so. I don't know. They, they probably got a guy. They got a guy for that. Um, they have. They, they literally were like, all right, let's go to Germany. Come on, let's hop on a plane. Went to Munich, and they were like, all right, cool. What's the biggest brew house you got? And they showed them. They're like, okay. You know what? Let's take one size down from that. Just ship the whole fucking thing over. And we got a building in Fre- outside of Fredericksburg. You can just drop the whole thing in right there. No, no, no. The whole fucking thing. Just drop the whole goddamn thing in. Pe- canning line, bottling line. I don't give a shit. All of it's going in here. And they did. And it's fucking cool. Like, <laughs> they had uh, the original copper kettles from, like, the 1400s with uh, Italian tile still attached to the copper Fucking nonsense what they did in Fredericksburg, Texas uh, with this brewery. Um, one of the best, I'm going to say, it is the is the best beer experience, beer and food experience I've had south of the Mason-Dixon line. Fucking phenomenal beer experience. They have a restaurant where uh, we annoyed the shit out of those people for, what, a good like hour and a half in total. Uh, we ate before we went on the tour. We ate dessert after we got back from the tour. Uh, we fucking used one of the uh, wait staff to critique Mrs. Brian's photography skills, which were terrible. Um, it was a legit good time, good food, 
even better beer, the best facility I think I have ever been in south of the Mason Dixon line. It's fucking amazing. I was telling uh, one of my buddies who we actually met down there, one of my coworkers, uh, it was the best food and beer uh, that I've had. Like the only other place that I had that was comparable was Great Lakes Brewing and uh, Bell's Eccentric Brew House in Kalamazoo. Like those are the only two places that rivaled it. And those two places have been around for 25 and 35 years, respectively, between uh, Great Lakes and, and Bell's. And uh, Allstat's been around for fucking five. So good goddamn work. And if you see Allstat on the shelves, pick it up. Pick up their lager, their Kolsch. Either way, I mean, we're getting into Oktoberfest season. And their Oktoberfest may be one of the best hands down. So you're you're in prime season if you live in Texas to pick up Allstat and enjoy it. I There are very few beers, beer, like breweries in general, which I will fully back all stats one of them am i wrong frank you're muted sorry you're right um it's um how would i put it it's the execution that i think is the most important part right like a lot of people had tried to build these palatial breweries um and and normally they fail on some front yeah and Altstadt is just one of those that um, they they put the money where it was important. Yep. And then, like, I, I feel as though they started with the equipment, and then they said, okay, now that we know what that costs, let's build this building. And they, they obviously had plenty of money left over, but um, there's not... Uh, okay, so I've been to a lot of breweries one one of my better experiences in the past was at harpoon yeah um, harpoon is a really nice uh sort of a pub area it's and like a legacy nice brewery house. in the northeast yeah and i feel as though they went and did what harpoon th- did they just had more money so they they had money for better equipment they had money for you know to build out their their um restaurant area more so that all shows, but it also shows that the plan was brewery first, yep. sort of all that other shit second. Um, whereas in a lot of these breweries, it's not always clear what they're more focused on. Because um, if you can't produce good beer, then, you know, that's sort of what are we doing here? It's like an identity um, crisis, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and Allstat knew exactly what they were about from the get-go. And they were like, well, let's do A, B, and C. We'll make money off of those three and build D, E, and F. And in five years, they were, we're at fucking M. And I everything's mean, hit the it, mark it, on the way. All you, all you have to realize that that's sort of the, the, the conundrum they were faced with, right? Is, or not the conundrum, but that's, that was their plan, their yep. scaling plan, is they are, they've only been open five years. No, four years, four years. This is their fifth year. So they they have already reached their brew house capacity. I mean, they're almost as successful as No Beer Left Behind was in their fourth almost, year. Almost, almost. So, um, I mean, to put it in not, perspective. We're, we're not going to flex on them. No, yes. I mean, they're um, fucking the gracious hosts they were. Yeah. So <laughs> they, um, they're, 
they're at their their brew house capacity, which is some ungodly amount of beer. Yeah, no. It, when they told me, listen, I am very close with the brewery, and when they told me what their capacity was, I was like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, we're moving that. I was like, oh. And 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 the lady also said most of that is keg sales. Yeah, and so, they're they're only running on uh, right now. They're running at two shifts, which yeah. does mean there is a third shift available, which they can turn to. But they have to expand their already but they don't, they ginormous don't have fucking they don't have vessels, brew house. Yeah. yeah. So it's when wild. she was talking through that, I was like, holy shit, you've only been up in that much and you're already doing that. Mm-hmm. They're not in all the states. No. They're not. I don't think they're. Near I think it. they're just in Texas right now. Yeah. That's what's so wild. They're already built, like, they're planning on building another brew house. And quite frankly, they their, their next step, if that one gets filled, would be industrial brewing right like you'd be bro you'd be doing they're just that brewing at scale um they're at scale now but you you would essentially just add more more fermentation (laughs) yeah add more fermentation vessels and that's it the other thing that is impressive about them is because they're a german brew house uh, uh they focus on german beers they are a german brew house so they don't force their loggers they let their loggers ferment for six to eight weeks which is you don't do that in a production facility That's a huge in, Ameri- in a America. Huge you don't do yeah. that. Um, and when I say their shit was the cleanest brewery I've ever been in, period. The absolute cleanest brewery I've ever been in. Everything on the property was just fucking to spec, including the goddamn tractor museum, which I've never seen in a brewery before in my life, but we saw a fucking what, $400,000 tractor, 450. And that baby would have been 90 grand today. Brand new. Um, if they were building it now, would it be able to outperform a, I don't know, a lawnmower? John Deere today? I, no, I just a fucking know. lawnmower, uh, riding, uh, capacity. Steam I honestly, powered, I honestly powered. think my Briggs and Stratton on my, uh, fucking, uh, Troy built, uh, will actually outperform it for the most part. But it was pretty impressive that they have a fucking tractor museum, which is the biggest flex I have ever seen an owner of a brewery put on anybody else. Like, yeah, sure. Patrick Rue, from the brewery. Sure, he has a fucking doctorate. And he's a master Cicerone. Or he's got he's a lawyer. One of the two. He's got some extracurricular learning activities. He didn't and just he's a learn master Cicerone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. He makes some good beer. Do you have a fucking tractor museum, Mr. Rue? I didn't think so. Okay? Like, sure. Vinny Shorluzo at fucking Russian River. Yeah. Plenty of the elder. Plenty of the younger. Oh, they're fucking hype beers. How many tractors do you have at your brewery? That's what I thought. Like, wild shit. Never thought I'd see a tractor uh, museum. And also, never thought I would find tractor museums so interesting. Anyway, that concludes my TED Talk on our trip to Fredericksburg. Um, No, I agree. The tractor museum was fantastic. Um, What I will say is, on the the trip, uh, Fredericksburg could really use some additional non-touristy restaurant spots. Holy Christ. <clears throat> you have no idea how true that statement is. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around the food in Fredericksburg and we had we had good food. Mm. Not not gonna not gonna lie. 
and we did find some hole in the walls, but so much of that restaurant town is taken up by shit you have to wait in line for to eat schnitzels with gravy. Yeah. It's like, guys, what, schnitzel literally just, one of the easiest things to make. You just pound some fucking chicken until it's flat. Exactly. And then toss it in some batter. I, I don't, I don't particularly like they try to be super German and that's cool. I love German food. I really do. I have a soft spot in my heart for it because I didn't eat it growing up and I felt it was like a calling. But do we need seven German restaurants in Fredericksburg? I mean, apparently judging by the lines outside, we need at least 15, but <laughs> God, uh, no, G- give us something unique. Like, I don't know. They don't even have a good pizza spot. They do. You know what they do? So when the missus and I went down, I mean, well, they did. Here's the, They did. <laughs> And that's the thing that we kept saying the entire time we were down there. Mrs. Brian and I were like, well, they did have this. And then we had to do the quick math about the third time we said they did have this. We're like, well, that was fucking seven years ago. So (laughs) I don't know what they have and have not now. But anyway, they did have a decent pizza place uh, that did do delivery back then. And it was quite nice. But at the same time, everything... When we went this last time, it was about... No joke, 200% more packed than it was when we went seven years ago. It was fucking silly how many fucking people were down there. I will say yeah, this. Yeah, it's, be- it's, it's becoming too much of a... Well, it was a tourist town always. But yeah, it's become a suburban tourist town now. Yeah, I think the, I think the Instagram people don't know. <clears throat> no, I mean, I was, I was flying a drone outside of our Airbnb taking... Uh, fucking photos of the group, so I can't. But we my didn't. Po- only hope we is, didn't post that they Instagram, went to. You know, yeah. My only hope is is that they went to the ninety percent of shitty wineries and don't want to come back. You're being very kind with ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we can talk about that offline. But I will say this: your suggestion of wineries uh, were very spot on, Frank, and we appreciated those. Um, That's too funny. Uh, it, it was wild. Um, you know, I still have nightmares about the stairs up to my fucking room at that Airbnb. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, uh, for the listeners at home, I. Uh, Mrs. Brian and Mrs. Brian's friend booked this Airbnb and to their defense, there were no photos or proper explanations about the room layouts. Just the fact that there were the number of bedrooms that there were and number of bathrooms there were. So we were like, cool, Mm -hmm. we can do that. That works for us. What we didn't know was that uh, two of the bedrooms were upstairs. And when I say upstairs, that is a loose term for a fucking ladder that was built into the (laughs) wall of this house. Uh, it was about the if you if you've ever taken a tour of a submarine from World War II, uh, it was about the same grade of steps up and down uh, the to the from the first to the second floor, and um, several of the stairs were already cracked and mended together with what I can call uh, wood putty and prayers. Uh, it was fucking sketchy. It was real sketchy. So needless to say. Uh, I tried to get as drunk as possible so I can walk up and down the stairs at night uh, without fear of falling on my face and in the morning just praying that I didn't die into the kitchen. You know? Oh. Anyway. 
Yeah, it's it was quite the. Also, you know what else Fredericksburg could use? I don't want. I'm sorry to interrupt, Frank, but you know what else Fredericksburg Fredericksburg could use? A good door framer. You know, just somebody who has a right angle, like a a framer square, and knows how to fucking hang a door. Because I got not a single door in that entire town closes normally. It's a fucking. You got a lift. You got a jimmy. You got a hope. You got a slam. You got to do lightly. Turn the knob, don't turn the knob. You gotta lift a lock, don't lift a lock. Latch only because the fucking striker plates are just non-existent. It's insanity. It's insanity that there's an entire town where none of the fucking doors close. Anyway, <laughs> I rest my kit. It, that includes bathroom, inside, outside. I'm assuming garage doors also don't close all the way normally. Like, is that entire town built on fucking just shifting sand? Is that what it is? Or is it the fact that they like, hey, nothing in nature straight, bro, so let's just use whatever wood we have laying around. Do we run it through the planer? Fuck it. No. Frame it up, man. And then there's like hinges. Fuck them. Who cares? I, we had Nick down the street just hammer these into place, and they fucking work fine. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna be honest. I I do think they're um the soil out there moves a little bit. Oh sure. So so I I I will give them that for some of the older spots. But yeah, uh, there there is not a lot of framed door components that work in in Fredericksburg. It, it does seem to be a weak point. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the whole town, it is cool. It's a lot cooler if you don't go on the weekend. Yeah. So I would recommend go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get out of there. I was um, going to say Thursday when we went, when we first arrived, it was actually quite nice. There were not yeah. a lot of people out, and dinner was like really easy to get in and out of. It's just now everybody wants to go for their bachelor and yeah. whatever parties and it just fucking sucks. Yeah, it it's not it's not quite as quaint as it used to be, but it's okay. You know, everything has its I mean it's momentary time. I was telling the the folks while you were uh getting another beer or whatever, uh we went as a it was a, a friend friendcation. So really it was about seeing each other and, and, and getting to hang out and chat around the non-lit uh mosquito infested uh fire pit yeah we really should have lit that fire pit yeah uh frank was really really upset that the hot tub didn't work uh now mind you it was like 97 degrees at like seven o'clock at night but he was all about that hot tub life which i don't blame him like i turned i turned it down to 74 or something and it i think it got down to about 82 or 83 so it wasn't that (laughs) cold but it was like I mean, that it was warm. just a rolling boil, you know. It was it was a simmer, yeah. it wasn't a complete. Anyway, you had a, an Olympic talk you wanted to uh, cover. Yeah. Okay. So I want to cover that, but I just saw the top post on our burgers is In and Out. Uh, I'd like to fully announce that In and Out is shit and not worth the amount of money that they charge for it. Okay. Um, I would like opinion. to formally am- announce that uh, Whataburger. Uh, is also garbage and is not worth the amount of money they charge for it. All right, Are go you on. an in and out guy? I am an in and out guy because of <laughs> how I feel. Here's the difference. Here, because here, of the Lakota Whataburger opinion? No, no. Here's what it is. If you hand me a Whataburger and an in and out burger, 
like you can make the in and out burger match as closely as possible. So you can do double, double animal style and you give me a water burger, double cheeseburger, what, and like whatever you want to do. doesn't matter. When I get done eating water burger, I feel like I just got done eating water burger. When I get done eating in and out, I don't feel like I just got done eating Whataburger. Does that make sense? I guess. Like, I, I, I there's a, I, I don't know. I can't, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm not smart enough to fucking fully articulate, but when yeah, I'm done I, eating those two, it's, it's more filling than no. Like when I'm done eating the two, you can, they can weigh the exact same. That's the weird part. But when I get done eating Whataburger, I feel like I want to shit my pants and lay down and not fucking wake up and have no one talk to me. When I get done eating In-N-Out, I feel great. Like, I legitimately feel good. It's one of the few fast food restaurants that I can eat and feel good after. Not good about myself, because that's never going to fucking happen. I didn't feel good about myself before I started eating, so why would I feel better? That doesn't make any sense. But it's one one of the only, if not the only, place that I can stay in my car, eat a whole ass burger and a few of their really fucking shitty fries and feel good okay, about myself. Okay, so 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 um I think the burgers are <clears throat> I think they're probably par for the course. I would prefer Whataburger just cuz I like their buns better, but either way, I I think the burgers are a wash. Let's not in talk and out, chicken in and sandwiches. Cause in and out? No, because <laughs> wa- yeah, Whataburger blows them away. Ah, um, they're good. I <laughs> Whataburger's Buffalo Ranch chicken sandwich don't even fucking Whataburger, listen, the barbecue sauce mixed with their fucking whatever it's cheese. It's also very good. Whatever cheese good. they put on, they're mm-hmm. fucking... It's amazing. Monterey Jack. It's amazing if you get it in your bag after waiting for three hours. But I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So... It's the fries at In N Out that piss I don't even, me off. I don't even like, get fries anymore. I just get a burger and a milkshake and done. I'm done. What is what are they? They're those? terrible. Like they're fresh Idaho potatoes that they ruin. That they I don't ruined. I, don't I was just gonna say. I don't they understand what they do. Took the uh, the Idaho potato and gave it a bad name. Here's what you like, could do. You know what? You take that same Idaho fresh uh, mentality that Five Guys does. Send it to McDonald's. No, bring send it, it back to your s- store. Send it to McDonald's. Send it to Five Guys. Bring them in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Order out your fries to find yeah. outsource them to Five Guys. Five Guys can stop making their fucking greasy ass burgers, mm-hmm. and then they can just send us their good ass cake. Yeah, maybe fries. you guys just need to partner and call it. Five and, and out, out five, five and, and out, out of five guys. No, five and out, and just call it done. And because no, honestly, in, in and out of five guys is much better, much catchier. It's going to leave a lot of questions when you have fucking ketchup on the side <laughs> or a chocolate milkshake. Either way, it's going to fucking leave questions. <laughs> oh God, no! Speaking, but, oh God, <laughs> what? <laughs> Speaking of chocolate milkshake, okay. Um, Limp Biscuit performed this weekend. Absolutely killed Lollapalooza. Yeah, they did. So fucking good. And Fred Durst played Chocolate Starfish and pointed at his butthole because I guess people didn't, didn't actually know some what people in was... the crowd might have not understood the reference. I don't know how. Um, so in any case, yeah. Limp Biscuit was amazing. If you want to entertain yourself, oh, go watch I'm, that show. I'm sorry, you're channeling Brian since nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, no, that's fine. I you can you can you can no, quote me on I, that. Okay. What I'm saying is is <laughs> It's surprisingly coming, coming, good. Coming back after what not twelve years not playing because twelve. That's what's his generous. face didn't want to be in the band anymore. Westmoreland. Westmoreland. So 
they they've been making an album for a decade and Wes is like yeah, i've been done with my part for like six years i mean <laughs> fred is still trying to nail the lyrics hey. so in any case and he played his new song called dad vibes it's it's not bad i bet the album's gonna be great um that was a very 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 true Limp Bizkit performance. It was very good. I heard they channeled Woodstock 99, which I remember. They did. <laughs> I remember watching Woodstock 99 in the fucking MTV like yep. live coverage thing. When, when what's his face was like, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to shut down the show. The it Kurt looks like Loder. they started a fire in the back. Because they, they played, <laughs> what, what was the song where the fire started? Um, um, Firestarter? <laughs> No, 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 oh. no. There was it was like break stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, when Limp, they break started stuff. the fire with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, when they yeah. started the fires. Yeah. Well, I mean, up to that point, they were people were bathing in the sewage mud pits for going on twelve hours at that point. So I yeah. feel like fires were actually helping. Uh they were, they were like, No, we need to burn this place to the ground. That's okay. the only way now, to cleanse the earth. Do you remember when the people complained? About the bottled water being what, like six dollars a bottle or some shit? Oh yeah, ninety and ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, fucking that thing was a shit show. Anybody you, who attended Woodstock, it, let, let me set the scene for you. Nineteen ninety nine. What were you expecting? The last middle, time they were middle, there, middle of a field in New York somewhere. Uh, Woodstock. County roads everywhere. No one built a fucking highway to get there. Still, they invited a hundred thousand of all their closest friends. After thirty yeah, what, years, they thought it was gonna ah, it'll magically fix itself. What exactly were these people expecting? Uh, You're right. That's exactly right. What exactly were they expecting, dude? Here's the deal. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woodstock '99 was the birthplace of so many like legit fucking like rock bands and comedians. Like the stories that have come out that all tie back to Woodstock 99 are insane. Like some of my favorite comedians were at Woodstock 99 as like opening acts to these bands. And they were all like, it was batshit crazy. It's all it was. It was literally, that was the genesis for, in my opinion, at least that was the genesis for uh fucking, uh, the, what's the, the it was the, the, the gathering for fucking you're the, right the gathering of the juggalos that's what i was gonna say that was oh, yeah that that was the beginning of it uh because everybody fucking looked to be having a great time up until the point where they weren't and at that point they break stuff they break some yeah. f- break your fucking face tonight give me something to break you know what i mean so yeah i'll i'll uh i'll vouch for it if if you want to have a good time you don't have anything to watch on TV. Toss on the Limp Biscuit performance from this weekend. Toss on the Post Malone performance from this weekend, which was also amazing. Uh, that's a good evening right there. That's just like two absolutely top where, their game. Where would you put the Post Malone performance above or below his Nirvana cover performance that he did mid I think this is the best performance he's ever done of his own stuff. Okay, that's fair. Because yeah. that Nirvana the, the thing, Nirvana thing was, was totally different, but it but, was badass. So, so, so many people got okay. So, what Post used to try to do is sing the entire song on stage, no backtrack. Okay, and because he is at a festival, it's hot as fuck outside. He's moving around, not exactly the fittest athlete in the planet. What? Um, he 
he would tend to get kind of breathy. He would miss notes. He would miss words. It would sound terrible. So for Lollapalooza, the first time that I've heard him do this, he decided to actually take the chorus break and have a backtrack sing the chorus. If he felt like singing the chorus, he would kind of ad lib it a little bit, have the crowd sing it, whatever. And if we're going to be honest, 90% of the crowd will sing the chorus. Yeah. So it was a very smart decision. It worked very well for him. Um, it's it, it just amazing. He, he really did a great job understanding his music's not for everybody. So if you don't like it, you know, that's fine. Um, but in my opinion, definitely one of the best performances he's ever done of his own stuff. The, the one that I would not recommend watching if you have any respect for the band is journey. Um, (laughs) this dude that has replaced Steve Perry. Wait, um, do they still have the Filipino man or are they? Okay. For a while I heard that they had, um, who is that American idol singer? Adam Adam Lambert. Was it? Yeah. Glambert Lambert, but he, no, he did queen. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. And he would be great to see because he actually nails it. This dude has tone tone wise nails Steve Perry, but he mumbles some words, wow. and it is quite difficult to understand some of the lyrics because he's not a. I, I don't. I'm not going to say because, but I think it might have to do with the fact that he's not a native English speaker. So I mean, if I'm remembering the story correctly, they found him singing karaoke to Journey, and that's how yeah. he got his gig. Which exactly is something that I have dreamed of for years for Nelly Furtado to hear me singing I, karaoke of her songs one yeah. day. Yeah, and why is she not frequenting the Dallas area karaoke clubs? Mainly because Mrs. Bryan has kept me out of them <laughs> in order to save our marriage. Really, <laughs> in order to save our marriage. Yeah. So. Uh, only th- that's the only one I would recommend not not watching. Journey Journey was awful. Um, Post was good. You know, it, it was just good to have live music back with fans. And even though they were all taking their own lives into their own hands, if they weren't vaccinated, that's not on me. Um, the I was on YouTube. I didn't. Find, like, what, what do you want from me? Yeah, the, the Hulu stream was phenomenal. Oh, it was like, Hulu, that's right. I, I will give them so much credit for... Their, I I have watched, and my wife can, can attest to this, I've watched many festival live streams. Like, It's oh. one of my favorite things to do in the summer is to turn on the TV, turn the lights off, put my backlight music... Uh, my, bat li- my backlight for my TV to music mode so it like flashes... And just listen to these live festivals. Well, last year you and I, like, we watched uh, South by Southwest or Austin City Limits. I can't remember which one was which. Uh, was it? It was in the fall when you y'all came through for that one night. Oh, that was ACL. Yeah, uh, when they were doing the the like virtual concerts. Yes. Yep. That was cool as shit. I, that was the first time that I had seen any like live performances streamed online. Yep. That was really cool. So um, I, yeah. I I highly recommend it. It's it's a lot of fun. Governor's Ball is coming up. They're going to stream that. Uh, some other unique artist. Now, okay, don't don't tune in and go. Oh God, this is awful. I don't like this music. Go look at the set list. Figure out when they're streaming the artist or when the artist is hitting the stage that you want to see, 
and then watch it. I turned on something called Roddy Rich, which was fucking awful. (laughs) Um, Something, some other dude named Little Red something, just dog shit rap. Uh, Don't do that. Um, I then happened to stumble upon Tyler, the creator, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, Even though he has a massive ego, he is quite good. Uh, Yeah. My my recommendation, if you're going to stream a festival, is make sure you know who you're going to be watching instead of just throwing it on because you're going to have a bad time if they toss on the latest mumble rapper and and then we're done that's fun uh yeah. speaking of uh the current state of things is already fucking fucking with my uh, ability to go see live music but um a drummer of one of my favorite bands passed away this last week and uh it kind of bums me out uh so joey jordan jordison of slipknot he was one of the founding members one of the founding nine if you will um, died this last week in his sleep at 46. Oh my. He had a neurological disorder that had cost him the use of his legs, um, recently. Mm. Um, and then he was rehabilitated and finally that's ultimately what caused his death last week. So, um, and it was weird because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Slipknot. I, I love the music that they create. People hate it. People think it's just noise. It is not only therapeutic for me, but it's also one of the few things that I uh, truly, truly enjoy and have enjoyed for a very long time. Um, so it was a big bummer uh, when I got the feeling uh, to just like, hey, just, let me just pop on Subliminal Versus Volume 3. It was a song, it was, a, it was an album that I really enjoyed in, in high school. Let me pop it on on my way home one day. And literally when I pulled into the driveway, I had a Google alert that Joey had passed away. Oh, and, dang. And like, that, it sucked. Uh, and I've like, to, to make it sound like it's it, to Brian-centered here, I've lost some of my favorite artists before. Um, like, <clears throat> Justin Towns Earl last year passed away. Um, he was a great folks, uh, folk singer from Texas. And like that was recent. That was tough to deal with. Uh, But Joey, it sucks. Uh, Even though there are nine members of the band Slipknot, which is a lot of fucking people making noise on stage all at the same time. uh, Joey was. No, I mean, he he, he was the core to that whole group. He's the one who wrote a lot of the only Iowa. The only one would be. I, I don't know the group, but I know the music. Corey Taylor is the lead singer. He would be the only one that would make. He'd be it the bigger. only other one that would matter. Well, in terms of like the sound, right? Like, yep. I mean, he was he was such a driven. Uh, the, 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 <clears throat> sorry, I have a. <clears throat> okay, the the music is so driven by the vocals and the drums yep. that it, it's it's very difficult to imagine, you know, someone stepping into that spot. Yeah, and it, what was what has but what is kind of nice there are all these you know rockers who i respect and i listen to who are coming out of the woodworks and be like hey when our drummer was sick on this album or when our drummer quit before we recorded or before we went on tour joey hopped in and played all these sets on the east coast or whatever it was like he was fucking oh the dude was modern, just stupidly talented. modern rock and roll that's yeah. that's him and it's it sucks i mean uh cory taylor 
the the lead singer of Slipknot is in the same way. Like he does stuff for other people all the time. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, man. It it sucks, and it sucks that he died so young, and it sucks that he was such an influence on uh, something that's had a big influence on my life. So yeah, no, that's always really tough, man. I mean, <clears throat> I think the um, shout out to the other guy who's currently fighting his battle. The uh, well. I would call him the lead singer, but some might call him backup vocals depending on the song. Oh. <clears throat> but uh, old Mark Hoppus Mark from uh, Blink-182, right? Like, he's got cancer. He it's has stage four stage cancer. Stage four cancer, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just another, you know, childhood freaking huge artist. Um, it's a huge prob- influence, too, man. Like, Yeah, probably massive influence on people. Massive vocal influence on punk rock of that era like yeah some 41 doesn't exist if mark hoppus's sound doesn't exist with travis barker and yeah shithead mcgee um <laughs> so <laughs> I, was, I was i was gonna say listen old fucking tom <clears throat> yeah I, i'm not talking about tom it's a piece of shit tom is the epitome of an american white male I don't even know if Tom is American by birth, but it is. It's the fucking, like, what? I fucking believe in aliens, and everything's all right with me. Meanwhile, people who are much more talented and better as human beings are surrounding you and fucking defying death on a daily basis, whether it's by jet or by fucking cancer. God damn it. Yeah, no, Mark's Mark's uh, journey has been uh, a fucking blow to the old, uh, uh, to Brian's household here. So, yeah, so it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's an interesting, uh, time period. Cause you're kind of in that spot where all the artists from the nineties, some of them who have health problems, that'll be coming up here soon. And, yep. you know, so yeah, Mark, Mark, Corey, like, <clears throat> I mean, so the Limp Biscuit re- lead singer that just passed away. What? Um, Limp Biscuit's yeah. lead singer didn't pass. Not Limp, uh, not sorry, Lincoln Park. Oh, um, <laughs> I was like, what I'm the sorry. fuck? I, I he has gray hair. He's not dead. <laughs> not Fred Durst. No, um, Lincoln Park. What's his name? Uh, shit. Oh, oh my I'm forgetting god. his name now. Oh my god. I Mike Shinona is the only thing that's coming to mind, and he's a fucking DJ. Oh, holy shit! What the fuck? I know people who have his face tattooed on their body. That's how big a fans it. Yeah, Bef- Chester Bennington. There it is. Before he <clears throat> yeah. passed away, they had their his face tattooed on their back. Yeah, body. I, I, but I mean, the dude is such a massive influence. Like, these are the kind of people that you start. You know, they there are people that really respected them that will hurt when they go. Um, I think, <clears throat> on a lighter note, if you are interested in you know, kind of modern music. There are a couple, a couple documentaries out there and we haven't done a documentary bit in a while, but okay. um, a couple documentaries out there that I stumbled on recently that are very worth watching. Um, one of which is um, the Bee Gees documentary. Uh, the Bee Gees have a massive influence on yeah. modern music, like more so than anybody realizes they wrote, they, they write a lot of hit songs today. Yep. Um, they were born into a music empire. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, the, the record studio that they record at or recorded at, um, 
they would force artists to come to them because they didn't they they thought because people hated disco so much that if people knew that they wrote music for other artists they the artist sales would decrease yep so they did it under aliases so go watch the bg's documentary like you'll see how they just skyrocketed for about 7 to 8 years and then a dj in chicago illinois ran a promotion with the Chicago White Sox. Nope, you're talking they, about the Cleveland Indians and Kill Disco Night. No, that was the Chicago White Sox. Are, ah, okay. It was the White Sox, yeah. Right, so they did Kill Disco Night, and they said, bring out all of your disco records. We'll burn them in center field. And that was the end, oh, literally the end of disco. It was a Comiskey Park. Um, God damn it. For some reason, I wanted to blame Cleveland for that. Yeah. No, so it, like... <clears throat> It's one of those things where there was a definitive end to disco, and that was it. They still sold out the rest of their tour, but it it that thing was just top top of the charts uh, in the news for a while because they had to cancel the game and they burnt significant part of center field and couldn't play the next day's game. <laughs> like it's a total mess. There is another like YouTube documentary that I watched, and I I forget who the fuck it was by. It was like Noiser or one of the like uh, music. Uh, video casts that they have on YouTube. Um, but it was about sampling and in particular sampling uh, black female disco artists and how sampling their tracks um, led to the pop music and club music of the late 80s and 90s in Europe and in America. Yep. And it all started with that fucking disco night, the, the death of disco night. Uh, with the Chicago White Sox. And it's fucking so interesting how with the, basically the clearing out of disco records, uh, DJs found all these samples available at a fucking near free price. And they found uh, vocals that they could just mix in with basically definitively eighties and nineties club hits. It's wild as shit. Yeah, it it's a it's a very interesting period because disco was so big and then it didn't exist, and you had so many good artists that made disco music that then had to do something because they were pigeonholed into a genre that was hated. And if you if you look at the likes of ABBA, of the Bee Gees, serious artists. Um, there, there's a lot of history there. The the other documentary that um, it's not really a documentary. It's on Netflix. I don't know the name of it. It's 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 kind of like about the evolution of music. I'll f- I'll figure out the name here in a second. But the first episode is very fascinating because they talk through how modern pop is essentially an invention of Sweden and. The, the, the entire tonal structure of pop music today originated from ABBA oh. and a specific studio in Sweden and a couple of dudes um, who have now written songs for literally everybody. Um, anybody from Justin Bieber to Britney Spears to Michael Jackson to any pop music that has been famous, the artist has recorded at least one or two top 10 hits in this one studio in the middle of 
nowhere like yeah well not nowhere it's in a big town in sweden but in the middle of nowhere you're in the in in terms of music like the music industry right so the the youtube uh video that i'm talking about it's called the ingredients of a classic house track and it's by vox um it's from 2019 i was just going to say because a lot of these edm artists sample disco yeah and that's what they it, sample. Like, uh, just the, just listen to this. Vocals and piano to the drums. Each element of the song helps tell the story of how house music came to be. Right on time. Black box. Top of the pops. Two. BBC Two. Starting first song. Listen to this now. This is Black Box performing right on time. Uh, it, it's literally it's this lady's one vocal that they backtrack to a a fucking song from the Mm -hmm. seventies that was sampled and it's, it's wild. Um, so if you have, it's 12 minutes, it's not a lot of, a lot of your time, uh, to use, to, to learn about something so simple that you've heard. Fuck. I guarantee you've heard these people's music sampled. And then you understand like what they, what they started, how it started versus how it's going. It's fucking wild. The juxtaposition. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it actually makes you respect music production. Oh hell yeah! The to hear so everybody loves Daft Punk. They think they're so talented, and they are. Um, some people don't enjoy their music, but they're they're, they're talented. Um, they're very talented. If you if you look at just like the structure of something that they create, sometimes they take a three letter note, like a three note combination from the first like chorus of the song and they'll splice it together with something that's like four minutes later in the song and make their own sound. That's not easy. Um, so I, I have a huge amount of respect for EDM house artists. Like it's what they do is not easy. Some of them take an easy route to it. Understand those are not the people I'm talking about. Um, but you're talking about the Tiestos, the oh, yeah. Armin Van Buren's, all those people, well, and the oh, the genesis of those those club uh, those, those club DJs. Yep. So I, I that shit endlessly uh, intrigues me. Like I, I've told you, Frank, uh, you you were the one who got me hooked on watching old DJ sets on YouTube. Do you remember the one that I fucking? What's the Belgian? Uh, is it Futureland or Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland, the giant Belgian EDM yeah. music festival. I well, they also do it in Georgia, but yeah, they do it in Georgia, like the state of the country. No, Georgia, the state. They okay, that's this, fucking sweet. There's just outside of Savannah, they do Tomorrow World. No, see, so you lost me with Savannah. We need to do this shit like outside. No, of- they just, it's just there's just a big forest that they do the, yeah. the, the festival. Yeah, the other one is ED, EDC, but to be honest. You don't need to go to a straight EDM set. You need to just go to a a, a festival that has a lot of EDM. In yeah, which but, case, there are a lot more. It, it's like straight EDM for three days is a lot. Yeah, I don't want to go for three days. I want to go yeah. one day at the festival. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Then, yeah, and then, then like one day we'll of the three at the festival and then yeah. like explore Belgium. Oh, because we, ta- we take the kids when they're 18. I 
trust. I've I here's the deal with EDM music in particular. I find myself drinking heavily, playing video games, and listening to EDM. Everybody, and, I think that's pretty much the story. And what that amounts to is two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Brian is watching YouTube, crying, going, "We're fucking eighteen. I'm taking the loan. We're going to Belgium," and <laughs> and like. Yeah, Sober Brian says, like, that is fucking nonsense. What? Why on God's... No, no one no, else in no, the family no, no. appreciates we're, we're, it. We are 100% doing this. I, Frank, it's um, going to be you and I buying perfect. four tickets. Two of us are going. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely okay with that. Uh, I... I I can't drag my wife to an EDM festival. She would oh, never do it. Yeah, no. Um, Mrs. Brian know, would fucking jab her I, eardrums out. I think it'll be... You, me, and Parker going to an EDM festival for a day. Yeah, uh, Parker would love it. You'd love it. I would love it. And the, my only request is is that we go on a day where the headliner is Armin Van Buren. That's my only specification. Well, I mean, he's going to be at the end of the night, and the people that I'm going to like are probably going to be before him, so it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yep. As long as Armin, as the trance god, is headlining, I'm in. Hey, listen, the fuck, I'm a big fan of Timmy Trumpet. And when Timmy, oh, Trumpet, Timmy Trumpet's great. When Timmy Trumpet's great. Um, I mean, you can't, there are very few, like the, the, the super produced shit like marshmallow. I'm not a huge fan of, um, but I can get down to it. Like, yeah, you get played at fucking 6 PM in the afternoon. No, I'm good with it. (laughs) Uh, but if I'm in the crowd, it better be someone that's actually like, I listen, I, here's, here's the deal with Tomorrowland old sets. I don't even watch the fucking nighttime sets. The sun's gotta be up and I'm watching it because it's. Nuck and futs is the only way like oh it's crazy it's 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 <laughs> insane and like like uh but it looks like so much fun like what was that do you saw at tomorrowland was where uh homeboy did perform or dave performed tiago silva and yes. the, the dude yeah. from like wearing a tiago silva psg was it when he was with PSG? No, no 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 that's not tomorrowland okay that's the other festival we could go to oh that's glastonbury oh. and i'm totally in okay i am totally in uh Glastonbury is a different fucking animal and looks that's in the UK. fucking amazing. Yeah, no, that's yeah. okay. That makes more sense as to why that guy wearing the Tiago Silva jersey was on stage in a bucket hat, rapping oh, yeah. at full speed and hitting Nailing every it. fucking line of Tiago <laughs> Silva. Nailing the whole thing. Nailing the whole thing. It was wild. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm in. EDM is the shit. Uh, I, I, I've been on this train for over 10 years. I, don't I think know I'm you have. I'm off the train. I, I um, know. I just really enjoy it. If, if you're a big fan, uh, weekly radio shows that you should listen to that have no commercials, A State of Trance by Armin Van Buren. It's live broadcast on YouTube every single Thursday afternoon starting about 3 p.m. Central. Uh, no, 2 p.m. Central. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you can replay it. Great cleaning house music. It's only an hour long. No, sorry. That one's two hours. The other one that you can listen to as well is above and beyond uh, group therapy that comes out every week. Uh, all the latest releases from mainly in Juno beats, which is their record label, but they do include a lot of like other up and coming artists. Um, really good. Willem actually has a friend of his that, <clears throat> Willem used to have a business where he sold skateboard ramps to oh, his yeah. friends. And the first person he sold a skateboard ramp to was Jason Ross, who is now a 
world famous DJ. Um, and he is signed to Anjuna Beats and tours the world and makes beats. So, yeah, and and yet Willem chose not him to create the intro to our podcast. We, yeah, we didn't we it's didn't cool. get a Jason Ross exclusive. It's cool. It's cool. I I I you know what <laughs> you know what's sad over the almost six years almost six years that we've been doing this podcast. Nope. I get more compliments on our fucking intro music than I do on any content we've ever produced on this fucking show. Do you know that? <laughs> no shit. It goes intro music, Parker, Frank's jokes, Frank in general, and then like a distant, distant, like I can't drop my fucking camera low enough. Consistent audio quality. And you know what? Like that hurts. It fucking hurts people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like probably first on the list should be commitment to the bit. Oh, because listen. we've been bidding this now for six years. People don't understand. That's the thing. I think we've gone too inside with the bits, like to the <laughs> point where people are like, Brian fucking hates jokes. Brian doesn't understand Frank's sense of humor. Uh, I, I get that way more than I get compliments. Like, Brian, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're an asshole. On, I'm like, no, you fucking dick. Like, you it's, can't appreciate it. You can't appreciate the humor unless there is someone not appreciating the humor. Yeah. It's a fucking joke 101. There's a straight man and there's a funny man. That's all how it fucking works. People well, just. It's, I guess if, if you made it this far into the cast, it's all about the bit. It's all about we, the bit, baby. We are committed to the bit. And if you don't enjoy the bit, then, you know, there's always... GFY, go fuck yourself. Yeah, well, there's always Oprah's podcast. Oh, I was going to say... Her, her bit is one, and everybody gets everything. Yeah, so. it's Bream, baby. Bits rule <laughs> everything around me. That's how we do it here on this podcast. I'm going to I'm gonna play us out because, I mean, I feel like... I think that's oh, that's loud. Hot. Wow. Hot coming in hot. Yeah, no, you're fine. You can put the headphones back on. Let your ears Boy. ring out a bit. You're fine. Well, thank you. Significantly louder than I expected. I was just making sure you're awake. (laughs) I I think the whole house is awake. 96 minutes in, we're just making sure you're fucking up and around, I guess. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you all for listening to this episode and every episode of No Real Left Behind. As always, please recommend us to your friends, family, coworkers, uh, especially if you put in your two weeks notice. Let everybody know at your office. No Real Left Behind is the podcast for them. Uh, take a minute if you haven't already go over to Apple podcast or your favorite podcast app that allows ratings and give us the highest rating you can uh, and leave a little comment to follow my shit is just now cutting out for no reason you know what in the comment section don't put poor audio quality that's my only request (laughs) 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 Also, you can follow us over on social media at No Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram at NBLB Beer on Twitter as well. You can hit us up on Gmail at No Beer Left Behind Cast at gmail.com. Let us know what beers we should be drinking, uh, what beers you're drinking, and uh, any ideas you have for the podcast that you want to hear us talk about and pontificate upon. For Brian in Dallas, until next time, I am out. Uh, For Frank in Austin, I know we promised some Olympic feedback. We will get more into it next week. But as a precursor, 
Imagine an Olympic Games where every finals had a hype man and walkout music. I'm out. Beer!